Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway in a brand new day. Gotta let it go. So Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for May 1st, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You could listen to us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You could follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you would like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. They just redesigned it, but you still have that classic red box that says sponsor this podcast. No obligation whatsoever, but you can do a one-time or reoccurring donation, and we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears, joined alongside, as always, Case Low and Case. It is the 1st of May. We are now staring dead on to the start of Dragon Gate's hot season. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It's a golden week in Japan. A lot of shows from a lot of different companies, a lot of good stuff, uh, lots, lots of good stuff happening. We had a very interesting discussion about Noah seconds before we started recording. I'm a little upset that that wasn't captured because I thought you made some really insightful points. It should be 
a very interesting week in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It, it it always seems to be that like everything around like January fourth, like that's traditionally like the big start of the year calendar wise for Japanese pro wrestling. Both Dragon Gate, it's always the slow start to really dead or alive being the kickoff of the hot season. And there's just a lot of things happening in wrestling right now. I mean, that Noah number, I mean, we, we have to come to terms with the fact that Jake Lee might just be a legitimate draw. And that is something that I don't know if I was really prepared to consider this time last week. No, we, we were talking about that Noah show from April 29th that did 1,028 fans in Cork and Hall. And the, the last three matches were Junta versus High 69, a six-man with Hideki Suzuki and his boring friends versus uh, El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr., Maybach Taniguchi, and Takashi Segura. And then the main event was Tadusuke and Yohei versus Alpha Wolf and Dragon Bane. That's that's the type of show that would do a thousand fans on the pre-COVID scale. You know, when when companies could regularly put in eighteen hundred people in Corkin, that's the type of card that would do a thousand fans. And yet it did a thousand post-COVID, which by any metric is is good in the same way that doing three hundred fifty fans in Kyoto KBS Hall is is actually you know at this point not bad. And, you know, the only thing we could look to is, well, Jake Lee was in a match that's obviously, you know, building him and Marafuji up. Uh, Maybe people are really into that. Maybe Jake Lee versus Marafuji, whenever that is this week, and I'll try to look that up really quick. Maybe that will pop a bigger house than all of us are expecting. Yeah, I think that's either May 3rd or 4th, the Majestic Show. And and it's something that, like, the reason why I came around to this was when I was doing Cork and Project stuff for Spears of Asians last year. And when he was with All Japan, All Japan was spiking right up to when he lost to Suwama. So it's now different places, kind of confirming that theory that if you can draw one place, you can draw anywhere, I feel like. And I feel like that's just kind of the reality that we're coming to here, Case. But we are not here to talk about Majestic, even though there's actually Actually, we are. This is... Okay, okay. We're already audible, and we are three minutes in. Sumo Hall, May 4th of this year. I I hate this promotion. I tell you what, there's just <laughs> this this company sucks. It, it's all just stuff that. Okay, so o- opening match, you know, not the match zero, but the opening match: Sean Legacy, Stallion, Rogers, Dragon Bane, and Alpha Wolf versus Jack Morris, Anthony Green, Yohei, and Tadasuke. Which okay, fine, whatever. Uh, you have more stuff with Junta here finding his way. What a uninteresting year he's had with the excursion and then return and then excursion and then return. Uh, there's a cool looking match with Kintamiya and Anaba, but they're never going to do anything with them. Did you know Matsukatsu Funaki's on this show in a martial arts rules match against Shinya Aoki? No, but that lines up, you know, Aoki's about to do the, the J and G something. So it makes sense. There's Ogawa and Chris Ridgway versus Ata and Daga. Does that do anything for you? I mean, other things around those guys could potentially be a lot more interesting to me, but not that match and not on that day. Drillistico versus Ray Scorpion. Actually, that does do a lot. I, 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 case I like Ray Scorpion. I well, think so, he's I'm like trying a... to figure out who that is. I, I don't. I'm sure I've seen him, but that name's not jumping out to me as like I could place him. He is a long time, like, uh, a kind of brawler that bounced around CMLL and AAA for a while. Like, uh, he was with the team with uh, Tejano a couple of years ago. Okay, I and know who this guy is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had, like, a really fun, like, 
they did a version of Roosh versus L.A. Park where it was, uh, I think it was like Roosh and Penta versus uh, Ray and L.A. Park at like A-U-L-L's like really bad arena. That was really cool. That I love. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's at least something to look forward to. The tag title matches Takashi Segura and Shohei Taniguchi versus Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher. Only people with blog spot blogs that nobody reads will pretend to like that. How about the junior title match, Hayata versus Ninja Mac? Does that do anything for you? That does so little for me in so many different ways, man. Good Lord. I, I, I mean, I, the, the, like they spent all that time building up Amakusa. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's look, you know, in an ideal world, Ata versus Ogawa means something, but it doesn't because it's lost in the void of Noah Juniors and who could possibly give a shit. Yeah, and, and and then like speaking of that, you have Katoge and Yoshioka versus Lancelot and Extreme Tiger. Like this promotion, man. Yeah, that's a dark match. That's a, and then yeah, it's this this card sucks because then you got the Goshiozaki return match, which at least that's exciting. And then Jake Lee versus Marafuji, and and we'll see what kind of crowd that draws. Marafuji obviously has a drawing history in this building with the stuff that he did with Okada. Jake Lee, I, I don't think anybody likes him. Uh, certainly at least in our bubble, but we do have to, perhaps if this does a respectable number and we're convinced that it's not heavily papered or just a fake number, perhaps we'll have to reevaluate the way we think of him. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just kind of interesting now seeing like how draws have had to develop over the last three years. And like, of course, Dragon Gate like took like this as like, okay, this is time for the generation shift. Like we're, we're getting ready for the post Torimon generation era. Like we got to get these guys going. And then you, you have like a lot of companies, like especially like all Japan, like really seemed like this scrap and claw to find someone who is not Kento Miyahara. And it seemed like for a Momo moment, it was Jake Lee and how like, he's still kind of getting like some, I don't know if I would say like, like after effect of like how like the groundswell is or the, if this is like a legit, like building fan base, it's something to keep an eye on at the very least. Something to keep an eye on, much like Dead or Alive for Dragon Gate this Friday. The reason that we're actually here, like Mike was alluding to at the start, it's the start of the busy season. You know, normally most years we're hit with Dead or Alive and the King of Gate, and that starts to build to Kobe World. This year, King of Gate, at the very least, seems to be pushed back a little bit. We don't have a start date, but it is not happening in May like it has really for the last decade. So things are going to be a little bit different, but nonetheless, Dead or Alive is this Friday. Big show, one of the big five, first big show of the year. On a scale of one to 10, what is your level of excitement for this show? So it's it, it's one of those things that like, if I bundle the show all together, it's probably an eight, but there is like certain things that I'm like 10 excitement, let's go, let's do this. And there's other things that I'm like a two. So it's it's like an average out like there's a couple things on the show that I'm just like I know that that this is a big show and you're doing this but I always hate when the when like the card is filled up with this kind of stuff but the main event and really the title programs going into this have they've done a, a solid job whereas in the past I feel like it's worth like stating like 2021 2022 builds to Aichi never sometimes things were landing right sometimes they weren't and it just was one of those things like remember like we had the cage match in March last year, like, or, or two years ago, like the cage match was made like so far in advance. And everyone was just like, what are we going to do for the next month and a half? That wasn't really the case with this Dreamgate program, because how could it be that way? Because 
this is a match that as, she, as soon as Shun Skywalker won the title in February from Yuki Yoshioka, it had to happen. This match was fated to be. And just because of like two years of history, almost two years to the day of like the ignoble uh, Dreamgate match at Dead or Alive 2021 is such a compelling story. Like it, it, it just like, it, it's one of those things that's like, of, of course this is happening right now. And they, I, I think with everything I I've talked myself the the further we get along, I've talked myself into being like pretty dead set on. I think that Madoka Kakuda should win this match. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot there as we we dive into the Dreamgate match, which is which was what I wanted to do because there's a lot of different ways to look at it from, and you know the the obvious one being this is the match that had to happen, and and we had a very long discussion last week about this with Jay, who does the English commentary for Dragate. Thank you for all the the kind words for the people that listened to that episode and enjoyed it. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, he was hearing from people when Shun won the belt, okay, gotta do KZ versus Shun. Now, that's what all this is building to. And in my mind, and I've said this since January when Shun won the belt, okay, it doesn't matter what the first defense is. If you want to do a second defense between now and Dead or Alive, that's cool. I don't even really care what happens after Dead or Alive. What matters is that at Dead or Alive 2023, you do Shun Skywalker versus Madoka Kakuta. And if you're new to Dragon Gate, if you're new to the podcast, maybe you don't know why that is such an obvious glaring you have to do this matchup. 2021, it's Shun versus Kakuta at this event. Shun's a babyface. Kakuta's a heel. Youngest Dreamgate match of all time. Shun Skywalker, just 25 years old. Kakuta, only 21 years old. With his parents in the crowd, mind you. And four minutes into the match, Shun does a drop toehold. Kakuta lands funny on his shoulder. Match over. It is awkward. It is uncomfortable. It is a clap crown era show that had just a, an audible hum of discomfort throughout the building. We didn't know at that point if we would ever see Kakuta again, if he would come back, if he would be a star. We didn't know if he was ever going to be able to recover literally from the emotional damage that occurred in this match. Forget the fact that he was gone for an entire year, literally returned at Dead or Alive 2022. There was just an emotional level of distraught that came with that match and everything unplanned that happened that really had us raising question marks about the future of Kakuta's career. And now he's back. This is the match. He's the baby face. Skywalker's the heel. Let me ask you this. Think about the Dragon Geek roster. Think about the guys that are currently in Japan that are active wrestlers. Is this the biggest Dreamgate match they have? Skywalker versus Kakuta. It might be just because of where circumstances are in May of 2023. And especially with the generation shift now, I, I, I would say pretty much like, like we've reached the point where like we see how the, what the lay of the land is going to be like in a lot of different ways. And it's not like, Skywalker running back Skywalker versus Yamato almost two years later would be a bigger match. Like even if with Yamato still being the company ace, what we have here in Madoka Kakuta right now is someone who has taken 2023 by the horns and has become, I, I mean, for those who did not listen to our episode of Jay last week, clearly the most popular guy in the company. And it's something that even, I mean, last summer after his return before he ended up with decourage was not on the radar and it's something that you see this like climb like that has these moments like okay he has the twin gate run with dia and then that leads into the almost career de redefining match he had with shingo takagi at final gate and then 
continuing that into the new year, he has just been hitting on all cylinders. And it's just something that with how the company is positioned right now, especially since one could probably say that the biggest match on paper would be Skywalker, Yamato, KZ, Yoshioka of some type, like one of those four, but a lot of those matches have happened or people in the booking right now are taking that step back. So it has to be this match, I think. Okay, let me ask you this. What draws the bigger house? Let, let's use Aichi as the destination, this perfecto, uh, this gymnasium. Skywalker versus Kakuta, or for the Dreamgate belt, alternate universe, Yamato versus KZ? We're going full on alternate universe here, correct? Sure, yes. Because... If this is something where we take them and it's okay, they are being fully pushed to their potential. I still, I, I think Yamato and KZ is that bigger match, but that's not what the, but but that's in that alternate reality. You you, ha- you have to agree to the construct that there's work that's being done with KZ to get him on that level. But on paper, you think just with the law of the land as it exists now, Skywalker versus Kakuta is the bigger match. Yeah, just because, I mean, you have Skywalker as his heel champion, and that throws a little bit into it, you know, because it's it's something where, like, this championship run, like, I don't know if I necessarily fully believe that this is a rehash of Shingo from eight years ago, but it has, like, the certain beats that, like, the challengers are only built up, like, so much, but you have someone like Kakuda through, like, just the booking since last August, as well as some of the SSW quests landing very strongly that I think has worked to the level that has added that to this match because it's it's something that like I, I don't know necessarily with if this was like Skywalker versus Dragon Kid in Dragon Kid's hometown necessarily that does monster numbers nowadays. I, I think I think you're right. I think this is the biggest match they've got. I actually think this match with the way that Skywalker's built up and how hot Kakuta is right now it concerns me for what's to come. I don't know where they go from here if with either guy winning and we can explore those possibilities. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword that this happens to be a dead or alive. It's great in the sense that you get the anniversary two years ago, the injury for Kakuta, last year the return of Kakuta, this year the match that they hopefully stick the landing of. But now you've got your biggest show of the year in two months and Kakuta being at this point, what, 23 years old, being three years in his career, he doesn't have that list of ready-made opponents, that guy that that exists solely to challenge him for the Dreamgate belt if he were to win. And that's where it gets a little concerning, is this match is so big, and I hope it has the pageantry. I hope it has the video package that has me in tears before the bell rings. I hope the anthem makes me emotional, and I hope they go out there and have a 25-minute classic. This is a match that has the expectation that it, it should end up not only on my spreadsheet, but quite frankly, should flirt with match the year contendership just existing on paper. It has all of those things, and it should have the pomp and circumstances surround it. The issue is that where do you go from here? And so you're you're of the mindset, Kakuta's got to win, right? Yeah, and it, it's of two different kind of, I, I don't want to say theories, but two different um Two different conditions, I I think, make this the most ripe. One is, I don't think anyone 
that, that, that anyone over a two-month period without a king of gate really can be built up close to the level that Kakuda is naturally right now. Like, it sucks that it's 61 days away from uh, Kobe World, but it's just like the reality of it is that the, that this is a match that like circumstances dictate needs to happen in Nagoya that it that coincidentally is the biggest match that the company can do without outsiders, frankly. So it's then you're just like, okay, if it's not Kakuda, who is taking the belt off of Shun at Kobe World? The company's very traditional and always want and traditionally really wanting to have the baby faces standing tall at the end of their big night in Kenan Hall. And I just don't know how you can say or they can build up someone in two months to the level that Kakuda has been built up since last August. So you have that. And then on the second thing, we should actually really consider the, the prospects that you could do, like, maybe, I don't think you're going to be able to get Shingo in. Like, like Shingo versus Kakuta it, as, like, an outsider as the main event of Kobe World. That That's a big match in that building. That's a big match. And that's something that, that could really work, like, like, if that were to happen. I don't think it will work, especially with it, with Shingo being a champion in New Japan and just, like, having him drop a fall to uh having him drop a fall to Kakuda like it just does not make sense there but like that's the kind of stuff you could do with Kakuda at Kobe World that you have two months to do like you're not this is already not a traditional year tradition as we knew it might as well be considered dead with that I mean so how do you build up someone for two months I think the idea is the outsider so it, look if they could get Shingo and they could get Shingo to lose clean that is absolutely the match to do. And Shingo, as of the time of recording, Mike, no longer a champion in New Japan. You need to watch, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch his match with Hanare from the beginning of April, April yeah, 2nd. And yeah. then wa watch the match with Taichi from this past weekend. Yeah, dude, I, I, I got in from Greenville, like my final, final Greenville trip at 8 p.m. last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, no, like, it's, look, I, look, the I'm The backlog never... <laughs> is going to get worked on uh, after this week. Trust me. Uh, I'm never excited to watch a Taichi match. He's just one of those wrestlers. I, I will never, ever care about him in any sort of emotional way. He's never going to be over with me. But he's had a few matches this year. The Osprey match. And whenever he and Shingo wrestle, and specifically this last match he had with Shingo on the 29th, oh my god. I mean, it's it, Mike, it's so good. In the gimmick matches that they do, which New Japan will walk you through, I don't need to explain them here, but they're like best three out of five falls matches, but every fall has to be a different style of victory. It really makes me put my head together, rub my temples, and go, God, Shingo might be the best wrestler ever just because he's doing it He's having these great matches in such unique circumstances. Yeah, and, and it's clear that like that is a link that is still there, and that's the link that would be the best move. It's just not, I just don't see a reality where that happens. But outside of that, you you, you know, with like Shingo being being out of the picture, I, I it's it's i feel like it's going to be a weird kobe world outside of this like even returning back to the uh one night format just because of just like the cycle and the schedule has been broken and i think that changes a lot of how we should look at this main event because okay, well, well, let me, let me throw a lot of options basically 
let me throw some names at you, and you tell me. I just need a yes or no. You tell me if these are realistic challengers. If Madoka Kakuta wins the Dreamgate belt at Dead or Alive, these are realistic challengers for the main event of Kobe World. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Kota Minora? Yes, but I don't think this. this it, I don't think yet, no. But it, yes, but no. Okay, all right. So they they just wrestled in April. That's how Kakucha got here. That was the number one contendership match. But I think with Minora, you can always do it again. What about Kakucha versus Diamante? I just think that certain things with the Diamante need to happen before we talk about him and that kind of role, which I think he would be awesome at, to be clear. It's just like... Not yet for that. Like Diamante, like it's there's the mask grab mask, and then like the baby face run. Like it does not seem that they're going to be doing, going from like okay one heavyweight like champion in Kai, and then you also have Shun Skywalker who's a heavyweight going right into another heel heavyweight champion. Just does not, it does not seem like the course yet. So no. What about Kai? They could do Kai. Yes. What about Ishan? No. Okay. All right. Well, I want to check your temperature there. What about Yamato? Yes, because it's Yamato and you can get him back to that spot in like two weeks. Do you think Yamato's the least interesting possibility? I mean, it matters what Yamato we're seeing. I mean, the, the Yamato I saw in that Gurken Mask match from uh, Ryuku Dragon Pro's Memorial 2023, I think that I have a lot of time for that Yamato in the main event there. But if we're just talking about 2016 on Babyface Yamato, I'm not interested in that. I, 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 It will be a match that will end up being four and a quarter to maybe four and three quarters that I will have like five minutes that I will be bored to death in. Okay, table the thoughts on the Gurkhan mask match. We'll circle back to that. It, that's that's a very interesting way of looking at it. If it is heel turn, leading the heel unit, Yamato, brand new character, brand new coat of paint, yes, he versus Kakuta feels massive and that feels worthy of a Kobe World Main event. If it's that babyface Yamato, we saw him, you know, guide Ben K to his first successful defense when Ben K won the belt in 2019. We saw him in the Shun position in 2021 where he won the belt, and then we saw him lose to Yoshioka last year. It, we're out of the, the good graces of Yamato losing to the young guy and having it mean anything. They got the most mileage they possibly could out of it with Yoshioka. They can't do it again. So babyface Yamato versus Kakucha to me is probably the most, uh, the, probably the least interesting thing they could do. What about KZ? We, I think then the you have the KZ question of is this really the time of his moment? And then if that's the case, do you want to risk like yet again? I mean, eventually, eventually Charlie Brown won't kick that football anymore. Yeah. Okay. I I see where you're coming from there. Last name. I think this is the most interesting one, and I I don't know how realistic it is, but I think it's worth mentioning. Of the guys that I think could realistically headline world this year. Could Madoka Kakuta wrestle Yuki Yoshioka? Yeah, they could. That's going to require some booking to get to, which I think that they can get to. But that, I mean, that's five months after dropping the belt, though. That, 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 that's pretty soon. Well, you know, we, we had this conversation with Jay last week, and I, I thought it was interesting that 
when I commented that the units were in such a good uh, a good spot and, and he fired back and it was, you know, quite frankly, as emotional as Jay ever gets. He was like, well, no, they're not. And I started really thinking about it. And I started thinking about this show and putting together my preview for it and thinking about what's to come. And Drangate is in this unique position where everything is good, but the stakes are really low. You know, you go back in time and you would have a high end or a tri vanguard or, you know, a heel unit that wouldn't work, or the Jimmies were a little stale. But ultimately, there would be things on the card that were good enough to overlook a bad unit. You look at the unit landscape currently, vibes are good. Zebrats are good, especially when they're all healthy. Gold class is good. D-Courage is good. M3K is good. All of this works, but there's not a thread that is, is heightening the stakes to this entire promotion. And I am ready to shake the snow globe. I think coming out of Dead or Alive, it's like we've been watching a slow build to this show really for almost a few years now. Jason versus Daya, the rise of Strong Machine J, an interesting Twin Gate match, the Diamante stuff with Ultimo, and then the Skywalker versus Kakuta match. Whether or not it was intentionally built up to feel this way, this feels like we're entering a new stage of the company and I am ready come that May Corkin show to fuck things up. And if that means D courage going away and Yoshioka doing something else and doing Yoshioka versus Kakuta at world, I don't know how they get there. I think that's the most interesting option of any of the possibilities. Cause I don't think, I don't think I missed a big name unless it's Doi or Shingo, which we can certainly have that conversation, but I don't think they're super realistic. I think I hit the names that could that could feasibly challenge a world. And to me, Yoshioka is the guy where that that's the one that tickles my fancy a little bit. Yeah, that's the one that unless you're doing true, complete like outsider, let's see how much money Mister Nakanori wants to put out there. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's well, I, I I'm certain that that Kazuchika Okada has a prize tag. You know, I'm certain that there is a number that if you hit, you can make that work. But I don't know if that's going to be coming from the Sponge Guy this time. I'd like to see Okada and like UT in a tag match on opposing sides and they just do a bunch of bullshit Yave for 15 minutes. Like Okada comes in, he comes into DDT, he wrestles Kota Ibushi as a 25 minute classic. He comes into Drangate, he's working third from the top and it's like KZ and, and UT against Okada and Ben K and they're just doing gravel fuck the entire time. And I would give it four and a quarter and, and make it my, my number 10 match, my, my vanity pick and match of the year bowl. Like, like, like we know how this would go. Like I, I'd be the one sicko that would be poking lanes. It's like, you need to watch this match. You need to watch <laughs> this going, match. They're dancing. I don't get it. What am I supposed to like about this? <laughs> where's that Yoshiki Kato? Skip the entrance. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but, so, but, so let me ask you this. We, we talked last week about, uh, Jay especially, you know, they've beat Kakuta like a drum. They've beat Kakuta like a drum. He keeps on losing. He has to get his win back at some point or else he looks like a geek. What happens if if Shun wins? Do you think just that alone is going to be so detrimental, so detrimental to Kakuta? Or do you need to at least see how it looks before you can comment on that? It's something where I I, I think I would have to wait and see. I have to wait and see. I I think with like the circumstances of 2021, and if it's just like oh Kakuta has him, he will have him next time. Like if it's one of those kind of things, it's like oh yeah, like he has figured him out. Like I feel like that that won't completely come off at the knees. But if it's something where it's like bullshit, 
you know, that then I think that you're, you've completely wasted this great organic quantity that really came out of nowhere. So I, I, I think you have the prospect of doing this. Like my bigger thing is I don't know then who you could build up to be better than Kakuda. Like, like that's what boils down with me because Jay's absolutely right. Like they have been doing the, uh, Grin and bear it, I uh, baby face. Like I will vanquish you in the end. I like like take a hundred attacks to dish out one. Like like they've done that and it's worked and it and it is something that he hasn't lost any overness with it. But it's the fact of the matter that like the build to this pay per view has been Madoka Kakuda having to go through these trials for, for to, to appease a crazy person, you know. So like he kind of needs to beat the crazy person. If Shun wins, I think the roadmap goes in a few different directions. I think you have a Masaki Mochizuki challenge on the table. I think you have... I will continue to bring up Doi just because I think it's such an interesting match. Kai has been a heel for a very long time now. I would not be surprised if Shun wins to see Kai turn face and for them to do Shun versus Kai. I think you have the KZ match on the table, obviously. But I think if Shun wins, I think the direction they will go is crowning gold-class Ben K, Chicky Chicky, as your Dreamgate champion. I think he will be the guy strong enough to beat Shun. But I'm at a point now, as we talk about the Dreamgate, the hell that Kakuta's been through, you mentioned him uh, appeasing a crazy person really to get this match in in the way that he wants it. And a a few weeks ago, I talked about Kakuta being Dreamgate Sami Zayn, and whether or not, you know, forget the long-term plans throughout the playbook, this just might be too good of a story to ignore. Are, are they ignoring a golden opportunity by not having Madoka Kakuta win in Golden Week at Dead or Alive against Shun Skywalker? And that is largely the conclusion that I've come to. This is simply such a good story that I don't care if Kakuta is a zero defense champion, loses it back. He could lose it back at the May Corkin Hall show, lose it back at the June Corkin Hall show. I don't think it matters I think coming out of Dead or Alive, it is simply too good of a story to ignore. I think Kakuta has to win against Skywalker, and I think he's going to win against Skywalker. I think we're going to have a new Open the Dreamgate champion. Yeah, I, and it's just something that I just can't write. I can't work myself into a scenario where Shun retains. And I think that kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of determines this. And and it's something with Kakuta with how popular how popular he is i mean look just turn the clock back 12 months and it was like let's see where this goes with yoshioka and we saw positive returns with this like sometimes with this company where it is today with how the what it means to be a star in this company drastically changing by the month you might as well go with the hot hand and especially i i think it's you can't argue that there's been no one in the world as hot in 2023 as madoka kakuda at least certainly in the context of drangate i mean he's the guy that feels like he has momentum, that gets these audible reactions from the crowd. I I think, you know, again, since last August when he became the D-Courage assistant, I think he's been thoroughly interesting ever since. He has not taken a misstep. You know, even losing to Shingo, even losing to Masato Tanaka, those things have helped him in the long run. He feels very hot. I'm excited to see how he comes across in Kyoto. If this is something where... You know, we get into that double shot there uh, in in two days, probably a day by the time you're listening to this, and the crowd is just so into him that we're all taking a step back and going, you know, even having a 25-minute discussion on it was a waste of time. This guy is clearly the guy. I could very easily see it being something like that because he is the guy that continues to catch on. I think he's going to be your new Dreamgate champion. I, I, I scoped it out. 
when Shun beat Yoshioka, I had a good feeling about it. it. My feeling is not as strong this time, but I am still leaning Kakuta over Skywalker in the main event. And that's the fourth of three title matches that will be on offer this Friday. We will have same day audio, of course. We talked about that with Jay. We haven't mentioned that in the first half hour of the showcase, but we'll be back sometime on Friday, whenever it takes between work and life that we're able to sit down and watch it. We'll get together and talk about it, but this is my main event. Yeah, yeah. real quick on that. So expect audio, hopefully, if everything goes well, Friday evening, Friday night, you should have same day dead or alive audio. Worst case scenario, it hits your feed Saturday morning. I will be leaving the office, running home and watching dead or alive in full. And then the second I'm done, I will be hopping on here with Mike to record some audio for you guys. So expect it Friday, uh, Friday afternoon, evening sometime. And worst case scenario, you start your weekend with uh, an extra open the voice game. Yeah, uh, it's hot season. And so the schedule will pick up for us just as well. So my main event, open the Twin Gate Championship. The Congo version of Shuji Kondo defends with Kano against Kai and Ishin of Zebrat. Ishin has been a topic of conversation of us for the last month and i think it's interesting that like after everything cooled down with him he's kind of back in the position where he was at during the m3k versus ihashi feud yeah you know this is a guy who six months ago was a triangle gate champion had the great feud with mochizuki jr felt like he was gaining momentum and then at the start of the year he started tinker with his gimmick he got hurt he missed the entire month of march and when he came back, he just felt ice cold to me. And two weeks ago, or three weeks ago now, I talked about like, God, I'm I'm really concerned for this guy. He doesn't seem to be over. This gimmick sucks. What's going on here? And then last week, he turned it around, and I thought, okay, all right, I'm going to give him another shot. Things seem to be going okay. And this is now a match where I don't expect Kai and Ishin to win. I don't really want them to win. I think Kano and Kondo are fun champions. Let them have the belts for a little bit through World. But this is a, a match that needs to be about Ishin. This needs to be the Ishin showcase. He needs to hit Kondo hard. He needs to hit Kano hard. He needs to show his worth, and then he needs to get dropped on his head and lose the match. Yeah, he spent the last few months figuring out who he is in this post-Max Z world. Now it's time to see the results. Time for him to do his his presentation to the class gaze, basically. And, and, and you're absolutely right about Congo retaining. It's something that, yeah, they're fun, but... You know, two months again. We're on the world. We're on the the road to Kobe World. You probably like the idea of having Kondo and Kano in another defense there, and that's justification enough to to pick champions retain with this. But yeah, it, it, it's something where it's interesting. Now we are getting the focus on Suji Kondo. You know, now two and a half years, almost three years since he returned. I'm I'm okay with it because they were so patient. And part of it was him tearing his Achilles and missing some time. But it's not like Kondo came back and he became... They, they didn't do what Noah would, would do, which is a legend coming back and title match here, wins the championship here, big feud here. With Kondo, he was slowly brought back into the fold. He's had some big matches here and there. And now this is really the first big showcase he's had. They won the, the belts uh, at the Mochizuki Proto Show last month. This is a fun team. You know, I am really into Kano and Dragon Gate. I wish it's something we'd see even more of. So if there's no reason for the Zebrax team to win, I, I am going to vote on the side of let Kano and Kondo continue to hold these belts. Yeah, and I don't uh, like with her talk about Kobe World main events. I don't know if you want to tie up Kai that way. 
Like, uh, it, it, the, this might be, a, and of course, watch this then, Z Rod's winning. But to me, like on Monday at almost eight o'clock, I just feel like there is no match I'm more certain about the result of than Congo retaining right here. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. This is the title match that to me. There's just no, there's no reason for Zebras to win. What, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to, you know, wrestle Shimizu and Casey again, wrestle the Mochizukis. I mean, it'll be good, but who cares? There's, there's at least an added level of intrigue to me, as long as Kano and Kondo have the belt. So, so I hope they retain. It should be a great match. If it's not, I will be disappointed. But that's, that's the theme of the show. There's a lot of good stuff on paper. We'll see how it lands. Yeah, the uh, the range here going into Nagoya is pretty high. Uh, match six, a special tag team matches was set up in the Kobe Sambo in April where the last three people would win the match. And then right after GM Rio Saito came in and said, well, the reason why we did this is this side, the three people participating in a special match with Naomichi Marafuji. This will be the day after that main event here. So chance that we might be doing a GHC heavyweight championship implications and for the fall here, but you have the ace and the president, the person who is positioned as the main character of the company on one side, Yamato and Yuki Yoshioka versus this team of Dragon Kid and Naomichi Marafuji. So we can't ignore the idea that Marafuji could be wrestling for the dream gate belt at world, right? You know, I did not have that thought once until we talked with Jay last week. Once. And now it's hard to shake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and and maybe when I'm like talking about outsiders, I'm just like shooting for the moon, and then be like, "Oh, it's Marafuji, okay." You know? Well, that's yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to be jazzed about a Marafuji match in 2023, and you know, this is this is one where if it's this match in a vacuum, and it's, you know, hey, Marafuji Dragon Kid Legendary Junior Team, that's cool. Yamato Yoshioka teaming with one another, that's cool. If this match just happens and it goes away, great. If we're somehow dealing with long-term ramifications from this match, we have a problem. Right, and that kind of makes this match a little bit of a complicated match preview because there is the implication here of Marafuji getting the pen on Yoshioka, and a pretty good one. And that is something that I know that we did with Kakuda versus Masato Tanaka. That was one thing, but... this is still someone who, like, like maybe he he's still in the afterglow of that Dreamgate run in a way that I'm just like, just pen Dragon Kid in his hometown. That's what we've been doing for 25 years. Well, I, yeah, it, we're going to know a lot about this match based on the Noah show from the day before. Because the best thing that could happen for a Dragon fan that does not want Marafuji in the main event picture is that he wins the GHC belt. Because they're not going to do title versus title. They're not going to do any of that stuff. So... If Marafuji beats Jake Lee, LOL Noah, but also good for Dragon Gate. If he doesn't, we're now in a situation where I'm I'm glad you brought that that pinning situation up. I am so fascinated to see if they would pin Yamato or if they would pin Yoshioka, because Yoshioka's taken a ton of falls this year, and he's been okay. You know, he hasn't been hurt by it because he's a made guy, he's established at a certain level. But doesn't it seem like if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in Marafuji at, at this stage in everybody's career, you would want Yamato losing and not Yoshioka? Yeah, and especially now, like with Yamato, like after the end of high end, saying like I'm taking this year away from the front lines, like that pretty much says like you could pin me at will. I'm Yamato. It'll be okay when I start carrying again. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it it's a it's an interesting match just because again it could go so many ways. You know, Dragon Kid could easily lose in his hometown. They all shake hands. They go their separate ways. Marufuji pins Yamato. Okay, interesting. They protect Yoshioka. Hopefully, that's the end of it. Maybe Marufuji pins Yoshioka, and then all of a sudden he's coming back out at the end of the main event, and it's Shun Skywalker versus Marufuji at World. And you know, it's just. It's not the uh, not the outsider thing that I have an issue with there, because if it was Shingo or even if it was Kano, I would go, all right, buckle up, let's go. That's an interesting match. Shun versus Marafuji or Kakuta versus Marafuji. That just sounds like death. I, I don't know. I, I, I think historically people have actually been way too hard on Marafuji, but I also have zero interest in him being any sort of relevant part to Dragon Gate in 2023. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. It's just like, yeah, Marafuji, because of Noah and human physical physiology reasons, I greatly butcher that case. I'll leave that in, though. But uh, he's not the person he was even five years ago. So, like, I'm just like, that just seems like uh, one of the more just, like, underwhelming Kobe World main event possibilities. But I think it, it, it's just, it, it's something with, the, like, the scenario here where, I, I have not seen the. Um, I'm going to pull up the Gaora website right now, and I feel like that's going to really change how I feel about this match. Because if I see one little, lo- one certain logo there, case that we both know and love, that w- then my, my my opinion of what this match is going to be is going to be a, a lot different. As I was stalling for time, as I was pulling this up here, dead or alive, tournament schedule. Do not see a Lek logo on it. No, to, to my knowledge, at least it's not a publicly facing Lek match in the same way that the Shingo match was. Yeah, that that also makes me think that then there's the wider Kobe World implications if it's not just like a sponsored event. But that's also, I, I, to my knowledge, and somebody please tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Noah matches have been presented like that. I, you know, Lex sponsored the joint show. But the Noah guys are just Noah guys. And right. it sounds like from everything we talked about with Jay last week that Noah's paying for Noah's basically paying for this exposure. Yeah, and in that case, just pin Dragon Kid and let's just get on for a day. <laughs> but they also, you know, at a time where companies are struggling, this was the point Jay made last year. Hey, maybe the maybe the rate to pay to get Marafuji in a main event match is really good. In Drangi, the artist, you know, the artists in Drangi are going, no, this is a bad idea, but the business is going, no, we need to do this. Yeah, yeah, and and especially with this being kind of a calendar-breaking year, it's kind of plug-and-play in that kind of position. It's like, oh, yeah, we could just spend... Marifuji can show up at Tokyo shows, and and we get this main event kind of situation sussed out already. Like, don't need to put too much more thought into that. You know, you can't discount that. They should run the... the M's alliance back with Mochizuki, Mochizuki Jr., and Marifuji. And, and, And Hollywood Arena. Come on. Who's who is another M guy they could put? I wonder if they could. That would be that's very that's very much Ultimo style. Drangate is just <laughs> to steal a unit from another promotion and run it back there. Well, Madoka Kakuta, that's what they do. They break up D Courage and Madoka Kakuta is a part of the M's alliance and Drangate. There we go. Th- th- that seems like this. You just keep Matsukatsu Fanaki over there, though. Yeah, he's he's finally washed. He wasn't for a very long time, but he's finally at a point where I'm not interested in him anymore. Yeah, no, I'm done with that. Uh- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega. 
biggest stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Title match three. Uh, open the Triangle Gate Championship. Gold class. Kota Menor, BB Hulk, and Binke defending against Natural Vibes. KZ, Big Boss, Shimizu, and Strong Machine J. This seems like the one that at least early on, like when this got announced, we were really strongly thinking about the title title switch. Do you think like also you brought up the, the prospect of going actually finally belting up Chicky Chicky Benke. Do you think that this is also clearing that way with that possible title change? Well, I, I'm struggling with what to do about this match because I think the losing side is going to have that momentum ramped up, whether it's been or whether it's KZ. I, I think the loser here has to actually come out better, has to come out a main event single star out of this. I want to talk about the history of Natural Vibes at Dead or Alive real quick, because I think it's relevant to this match. R- real quick, can you remind me, this is not a rhetorical question, do you know how Natural Vibes formed? Because I was trying to think of like the angle that kickstarted it all, and I could not think of it at all. Well, it was after KZ left Tri Vanguard after the 2018 title match versus Mochizuki. Okay. And it was Susumu and Ginky like fighting for him or like backing him up or like coming out to like fend off people. And then they were like, we like teaming each other, but we also like what the great feeling it is when friends get together and have a good time. That works for me because I was looking back at some 2018 cars today and I was not putting the pieces together on how Natural Vibes came to be. But it, it's relevant to this story because in 2018, really their first full week as a unit with the entrance theme and the colors and everything is Dead or Alive 2018. KZ, Susumu, Genki, they win the Triangle Gate belts from Maximums, Jason Lee, Masato Yoshino, Naruki Doi. The next year, 2019, Susumu versus UT for the Brave Gate belt classic match fantastic stuff susumu representing natural vibes he wins and retains his title and then in the main event kz represents natural vibes in the cage match and kz escapes natural vibes doesn't have to kick out uh ross remember 2021 the original trio was back this time they're coming in as the champions and they lose the triangle gate belts to jason lee dragon dia la estrella that was a disappointing match and a really bad la estrella performance and then last year Open the Dreamgate Championship, Kai versus Susumu. Susumu loses. He and Genki leave Natural Vibes, and a new era begins, you know, as it's UT and it's Kamei and it's Jason and Strong Machine J as they join throughout the year. Things totally change. So, this is a big event for Natural Vibes. 
And it seems like to go back to my point about shaking the snow globe, they either need to win and dominate or they need to lose and shake things up. I don't want to deal with a summer of a beltless strong machine J break dancing. He either needs to win and be a proud champion. Same with Shimizu, same with KZ, or they need to dance themselves away from one another. Yeah. And it's something that like, when you look at gold class too, like you have Hulk in there now, so you can do the original four man trio idea, but like, getting the belts off them at the same time is like, okay, we kind of need to figure out what is gold class's next step going to be. And that's the other side of the coin with, uh, if natural vibes retains here, did you have any sort of like, I, I get this feeling about this match that in a lot of ways it's like, okay, we are just kind of treating this in a way as like a pause for a big times twin gate run. It's like, okay, they lost the belts, but don't worry. They just picked up other belts. And I'm wondering how much of that could be in play here. I mean, possibly, you know, the the other thing that has to be factored in here, and perhaps it doesn't factor into Dragon Gate's booking, but it does, at least in my mind, that BB Hulk and Gold Class has worked out far better than I thought it would. It has not overstayed its welcome. Where where are you at temperature wise with Hulk and Gold Class? I think that for Hulk in this role, it is as well as it can be for him at this point of his career with his health, the way it is with how they've been generation shifting. Like this is a great role for Hulk. Like this is a role that if this is kind of what Hulk is up until the end, I think that it's a great way for him to like to, to spend his remaining years as an active wrestler. So I'm with you there. And it kind of brings me back to the point about the twin gate match with Kano and Kondo, where I go, why should they lose? Zebras doesn't need to win. There's no immediate next thing for a Zebras twin gate team to do in the same way that there's no immediate thing for a natural vibes trio triangle gate team to do. I, I think gold class is healthier with the belts. than natural vibes is without them. I was leaning towards, you know, get the belts off them, get Casey a title, get Shimizu back with a belt, get Strong Machine J, uh, you know, his his first title in many years. But I just think Gold Class is so much more valuable right now holding those championships than not. And so I lean towards let's have Gold Class stay where they are and let's start to see some cracks in the Natural Vibes Foundation. Strong Machine J is really the guy here. It's working and it's not. It feels like he has a ceiling right now. And I think natural vibes for as much as I love this unit, for as much as the dancing is not the issue, there is just a a current thing with him and his standing in the company where he needs to shatter that glass ceiling. And he's gotten so close. And I think right now he's hitting his head on the ceiling. I think vibes is preventing him from smashing through. So I am all in favor of gold class retaining. And as we continue this theme of shaking the snow globe, starting with natural vibes yeah and it, it, it's something also with the vibes like if something were to happen and they really do kick reignite that zebras feud you have a lot of guys there that are ready for that first big heel turn yeah completely yep there's there's a lot of excitement that's you know that's again that's the thing this company's in a good spot right now there's a lot of talent a lot of guys to like the units are working it just feels like we've reached the end of the stories that are possible with these units. 
Let's break up Jackie and Jason. Let's get Strong Machine Jay somewhere else. For as much as I like D-Courage being together, I also like the idea of Yoshioka and Kakuta feuding with one another. It's a weird problem to be where, you know, last year I, at this time, you know, it was God, high end's awful, gold class sucks, what are they doing? You know, what even is D-Courage? It's just two guys. There's none of that this year. It just feels like we're at the end of the line with the stories that are being told. You see, you see, D-Courage is the one that is, like, whatever comes through here with, like, the stories being told. Like, I feel like that their story is still, that there's still a lot left there. Whereas, like, it really does feel like that that two-and-a-half-year period that started with the end of Final Gate 2020 has ended. You know, like, that's what it kind of feels like. It's like, okay... The storyline's there, and maybe it is the fact that R.E.D. just naturally turned into Z-Brats, and then Z-Brats, I mean, to be frank, have been small as a heel unit, and that has done complications. You know, like, that's that, that's something that, not to really go back to the Twin Gate match, like, a reality where two of the four belts are in Z-Brats and only have five members makes things very difficult to book out and plan out. So shaking the snow globe would help out in a lot of respects. Let me ask you with D-Courage. Would you rather add two guys to the unit, make it a five-person unit, or would you rather get rid of them? Add to it. I, I, I think you have three guys who work really well together as a core, and like how natural the original Natural Vibes was with that trio case, like they started adding people in and then using those three to elevate your UTs, to elevate your Jackie Funky Mays, and all of that. I think that's kind of what you should use decourage for when you move on from natural vibes. Like Nagano is someone like this. I, I, I think that the, the, I, everyone like, like things like that is the Kato heel turn, but you still have rookie tag. Like you put rookie tag in there and then you have a lot of options. Just so I know I'm making sense in my own head. It's death. If they do decourage Kakuta versus decourage Yoshioka for world, right? If they're going to do that match, they have to split them up. Or they have to like make this be like the, the them being like, all right, they're putting the partnership aside for it. I'm trying to think of, I guess, the last time Dragon Gate would have done something like that, and it's probably Yoshino versus Shingo, Dangerous Gate 2015. But even by that point, like the post matches when Shingo turned heel and left Monster Express, but we all kind of knew that was happening, right? Yeah, and he was doing, he was like already like starting the breakup with like trash talking Sachi all the like, like all summer leading up to it, calling him baggage. That was so good. That was such a good program. Yeah, I, mm, interesting. You know, I, I love this idea of Kakuta versus Yoshioka. But I also, to your point about the original Natural Vibes trio and their record-setting run with the Triangle Gate belts, it would feel like a little bit of a waste if we didn't get Kakuta Yoshioka Daya as prolonged Twin Gate or Triangle Gate champions, rather. Yeah, and I just like think that the company is at this point where it is like we need to. I think it's it's like we need to get some of these younger people online and. You have, like, I'm not saying, like, you need to, like, put Ryu Fuda into D-Courage just because you need to get young guys into units. I'm not saying that, but there's a reason why Ginky was in Natural Vibes and they picked certain people to join Natural Vibes like Kamei. Like, pick the people, like, there's a, 
that the, there's good reason why you'd want to get Nagano in there with Daya tagging on tours, right? So, yeah. the, the, so, so like that's like the, the that's where like it ultimately comes down to for me about about this Yokoshioka versus Kakuda scenario that like I don't think you can do a unit breakup, but you could do like we're putting this aside and maybe it's more like the uh, Shingo Susumu Typhoon kind of thing. Maybe then then you can slowly build things out and maybe in the after effects of it, it's just like it doesn't work out and it ends up being a break down the road after you've already filled up the ranks and you have that triangle gate run. I know it's not next on the card, but since we're talking about title matches, can we do the Brave Gate match next real quick? Yeah, because I'll be honest, like uh, uh, Ultimo and Diamante, the, uh, like we've done a, that preview, previewing those two, like in so many different matches over the uh, over since Diamante has been here. Yeah, the the first title match on the show, the fourth title match in our preview is for the Open Brave Gate Championship. It is Jason Lee versus Dragon Daya. This is the result that I feel most strongly about. I I think this is a colossal mistake if Jason Lee loses. You know, like I talked about when he won the belt, like we talked about with Jay last week. This is your chance to do Pac 2011, Kaito Ishida 2019. This is a chance that the stars are aligned. Jason is at the level to have a a record-setting jaw-dropping, industry-turning Bravegate run. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. Those are very high expectations. But I think they have to be in place there. And it's a little like, okay, you know, who cares if Natural Vibes wins? What's next for them? Who cares if Kai and Ishin win? What's next for them? There is no good reason that Dragon Dye needs to hold on to this Bravegate belt again. He's won the title before. He's going to win the title again. This is Jason Lee's time. Go out there, have the match tonight, and get out of his way. Yeah, and, and and the other thing about this, like I guess your theme is shaking the snow globe. Mine is let's get these, let's get the, this generation shift fully through. I it, with the long ring with uh, Jason Lee, you can bring up the you could the, the rising tide could bring up all ships. Basically, you know, I mean. I'm not saying that I think you could do this for next title match, but you know, if if Lee has the title for six, seven, eight months, then you could very easily see in eight months' time Kaito Nagano being in that position to get his first Brave Gate match. And that and who would you want him to have a Brave Gate match with more than Jason Lee in twenty twenty three? No, if I needed if I needed a young wrestler to go out there and have a great match, Jason might be my top pick for reliability. I mean, it's a guy like him or Roderick Strong, or Matt Seidel. It's that level of wrestler that I think Jason is, and that level of wrestler that I, I trust. You know, it, it's these all-time greats and Jason Lee, who is is not on that level yet, but that's more so due to opportunity than in his talent. Right, and the, and that's just like another reason why I think we're we're going to see something prolonged here. And and with Daya, we we've seen how like he is. He can now he's he's been made to a point where he can take a loss like this and just have an excellent match and things will be perfectly normal the next day. Yes. Oh, completely. I mean, it's the same thing. Like this is an interesting year with D courage. You know, Daya's lost a lot and Yoshioka's lost a lot, but Kakuta's carrying them on their back. And at no point in the the first four months of the year have I been biting my fingers going, no, God, what is D courage cold? What are they going to do? They're fine. They're, they're all in a very good spot right now. 
circling back to the match that we skipped over to talk about the Brave Gate, Ultimo is teaming with Naruki Doi versus Z Brats Diamante and Hio. Maybe we get some movement on Diamante and Ultimo. Maybe. I don't know where you stand, but even just the the raw idea of it, the intellectual property of it, I am excited about the possibility of a Toriyaman Mexico show. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see like how that all shakes up, like with like, like like obviously like I don't know if people remember like when Ultimo came back. One of the first things when things seemed solid was announced at Dragon Mania that was going to be Masato Yoshino's last trip to uh, last trip to Mexico and in, in right. Mexico. So it's that that is not the world that uh, Dragon Gate is inhabiting in 2023. So I have no idea what a Torium Toriumon Mexico. A reunion show would look like look it's absolutely dork shit and i don't have a problem saying that but especially if it's headlined by diamante versus ultimo i i'm i'm super into that i think that's a cool idea i am assuming this match is just going to be one prolonged angle with the only real hoping that we get a cool diamante versus doi sequence yeah no like that that's basically like i, I expect this thing to be like nine minutes uh Hio will eat a Lama straw unless there's going to be like a marionette or a mask rip to build towards that Ultimo Diamante situation. Like it's, it's pretty by the numbers here. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But it it could be surprisingly fun. A lot of this show needs to deliver. Brave gate match needs to be great. Triangle gate match needs to be great. Trend gate match needs to be great. Dream gate match needs to be match of the year contender. It's, it's not fair, but that's just how it is. This is one of those matches. If this is surprisingly fun, I think we're in a, a very, a very good spot for the rest of the evening. Yeah, they're not depending on this show to build up that uh, anticipation rating. The, this is one of the ones that's like, hey, you, you do better than we expect, and, and that's going to be a big bonus. Match two has had some changes as happened in Yokohama during Susumu Mokjizuki's homecoming show, where Suo is at. We talked about that a lot with Jay. Sue seemed to have a delightful time and had him smiling and posing is something that is going to take a long time to get used to because he he seems so pleasant. But uh, during that show, there was a match between Mochizuki Jr. and Minorita. Uh, Mochizuki Jr. injured his neck. He was carted off, uh, was removed from this match. Uh, he is off shows for the near future. He was tweeting about moving around. So it seems like that the worst case scenario has been averted. But it does mean that this match has necessitated a change as now it will be the original M2K, Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Azushi Kanda teaming with Punch Tomonaga versus Don Fuji, Takashi Yoshida, Problem Dragon, and Minorita. Just deflating. Did you see the video of Mochizuki Jr. getting hurt? No, I did not. I, okay. I was moving this week, so I, I, I made time for Gurukin Mass versus Yamato, but that's the only Dragon Gate related thing I've seen since the last time we've talked. I, I don't, th- well, I, I don't think it's on YouTube. Let me do a quick search here, but I know Mochizuki Jr. tweeted out the video of it and then deleted it, and it is, it is a scary video. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look like it's on the YouTube upload because they do decourage, and then a. Uh, Don Fuji match and then the Susumu homecoming match. So J- Junior had the footage and he tweeted it out and he takes a shoot DDT. I mean, it is, it is gnarly. He hits the ground really hard and immediately goes limp and credit to the young referee. I, I don't remember his name because the referees have changed a little bit. The young referee is in there, stops the match immediately. They, they cart Junior off on the stretcher. He seems to be fine, but shaken up. 
it doesn't seem like from anything that we've heard on the public facing front that he's going to be out for an extended period of time. This is some career altering injury. I think he's going to be okay, but a gnarly, gnarly situation there. So I was initially very bummed out that junior wasn't in a bigger match on this show. Now in hindsight, I'm glad he was only in this eight man. Yeah. But this eight man would have been all about him and Don Fuji. Like, so like there was a reason for this now it's it feels like this is the old back in the day opener let's get everyone on the show thing yeah now this is this will be a nothing match the opener however will be the ut comeback this will be live on youtube didn't say this at the top but this show from ieg's friday morning 3 a.m east coast midnight west coast 7 greenwich mean time that is 1600 hours local in japan it's a holiday, so they are doing it in the middle of the afternoon. But the show will be kicked off with Aichi native UT's return from his knee injury they suffered last year. He's teaming with Jackie Funky Kame versus Kakatora and Kaito Nagano. So big Nago- we have at least one kind of Nagoya-themed match on the show, and it is UT's return. Always a big event for UT. 2014 was in a Triangle Gate match with the Millennials that he won. 2015, a Triangle Gate match with the Millennials that he lost. Uh, 2016, he was in the opening match. I just rewatched that today. It was Lindemann, Ashida, and Yamamura. Funny how that trio turns out seven years later. Uh, versus Genki, Kness, and UT. That match is a lot of fun. 2018, another meaningless opener. And then 2019, Brave Gate match against Asumu. 2021, Brave Gate match against Akuda. In 2022, uh, he and KZ defended the uh, Ryuku Dragon Pro Tag Team titles against Dragon Kid and Yamato. So this has become the signature UT event. Glad he's back. Hasn't, haven't seen him since December. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does here. Yeah, and it's something that like I really loved Young Vibes as a team. So getting to see them back in this context is really kind of nice. And then like, UT versus Nakano the way that Nakano is now is very fascinating to me. And I mentioned this when this match got announced. We have not seen those guys wrestle yet. They teamed once, and other than that, they have not been in the ring with one another on camera. So we'll see them wrestle here. I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be a good time. Yep, and that is the card for this year's Dead or Alive show. Again, that is going to be this Friday. 3 a.m. on the East Coast, 12 a.m. on the West Coast. That UT comeback match will be on YouTube free for all. And, of course, with all Dragon Gate's big shows, we have English commentary. It'll be Jay and Ahoho there in Nagoya. But, Case, as we kind of talked about a little bit we touched on, there was one interesting Dragon Gate-related match over the last week. Ryukyu Dragon Pro had their 10th anniversary show, drew 750 people. And Osaka and Okinawa. So big, big show for them is Majestic 2023. And it had the main event, the main event that kind of had to happen with this Yamato Rio championship run as it was Gurken Mask versus Yamato. Interesting thing about this match, at least for me, case I'm, I'm in Greenville. I am fretting about movers. I'm trying to get this all done finally. And I keep on hearing notifications like people saying, Gurken Mask had this amazing match. Gurken Mask and Yamato, everyone got out of the way. And I didn't know like how everyone was talking about Ryuku Dragon until, until later. It was like, oh, the, it was on for free on YouTube, and then it was region locked soon after. So it was a very wild thing, Case, to wake up and see you need to watch Yamato versus Gurken Mask, even though 
I feel like I am Gherkin Mask's biggest Western uh, fan. Oh, so, you, you know, you know, me and the boys got on our twitcast.tv and fired up the Ryukyu Dragon Pro show. Now, l- luckily, this was on YouTube, but apparently it's region block now. Yeah, so I, I, I'll say this here VPN, put yourself in a. I, I, I put my VPN, I was able to watch it just fine. Where, where did you put yourself on the VPN? Oh, Osaka. Okay, I, right. I, I want. I, I want to go hang out uh, with uh, w- with all the greats in Osaka Pro. I me, me, me and Zeus, you know, just hitting Golden Guy. You know, of course. So, I, I'll explain this for anybody. Maybe, maybe you dove into this podcast because the Dead or Alive preview. You want to watch Gate and you're looking for some recommendations. This is Yamato versus his real life friend, and I would say business associate at this point, Gurken Mask who is the Don of Okinawa. All of the wrestling that goes through that island largely goes through Gurukin Mask. And the story here is really simple. And if you're in a Drangate and you haven't seen this match, go watch this match. For months now, Yamato has been a heel invader champion. He's essentially saying this promotion's beneath him. It's an indie. He's busy doing Drangate stuff. He doesn't even want to be here. If you're thinking, wow, that's weird because Yamato complained about the Junior All-Star Festival and how that was just the major companies glomming off of the indies. Yes, you're right. Great irony there. But Yamato's been this great heel champion. Gurken Mask is the guy. This is their 10th anniversary show. And they went out there and had this 25-minute, just the, the word I'll use is class, just a class main event between those two guys. Oh, big picture, what are your thoughts here, Mike? I thought this match was incredible. Yeah. I thought this match was so different from what you would normally see in a Dragon Gate ring that I'm kind of happy I've been Ryukyu Dragon because you don't have the auspices of Dragon System and 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 uh, Lucha's style kind of dictating what your expectations should be. I mean, like that's always been one of those things about Misaki Mochizuki big singles matches that draw me to them is that they are different. They're their own thing. And this was its own thing. It really very much had the vibe of, oh, this is the touring heel invader champion going up against our hometown last hope. Uh, Gurken Mask is a heel still in Ryuku Dragon Pro. And he came, comes out in his classic uh, light blue. He still has all of Mad Dog Club with him, but it's just... No, I'm not doing this as like the heel, uh, cranky old guy. I'm doing this as Gork and Mask. This is my home. I'm done with having this this invader basically just piss all over it, frankly. And then they had a 25 minute absolute like out of world. I won't say out of world class, but like it had that that feeling of that. It had that feeling of an era that did not that does not exist anymore and didn't really exist while either of us were alive. And that was really kind of cool just seeing how different it was. There was not just mask ripping in this match. Gurkha mask is completely unmasked for the last 10 minutes of it with the, the shreds of his mask around his neck. And it's just like the crowd just goes even more molten because the, it's just like he's doing it. He's been like, it's the Kishin Liger moment in a way because then he just starts destroying Yamato and it's insane. And I just, it, I, I, this is a match that I I feel like I'm going to keep close, and it is one of the ones that it's going to be very hard to dissuade me to like not include this on the lists come December. You're very right. It has that old school feel to it. I mean, it's a, it's a guy protecting his territory. It, it's, you know, 
Gherkin mask for all of his faults in the eyes of the crowd. He is that promotion. And Yamato was kind of wrecking his promotion. And so they come in and Yamato was, again, he's this brilliant heel. Gherkin transforms into this, this great, great baby face. The thing that I like about this match is it's in an auditorium where the ring is set up on the stage. And so the crowd is only coming from one direction, you know, facing the hard cam is a curtain. And I don't think there's fans on either of the other sides of the ring. There's just fans on the hard cam side. So what you get is Yamato working the audience and drawing with the audience members and being this engaging in your face heel, but he's also doing it directly into the hard camera. So it has this big, but intimate feel. It's just very, the entire vibe of the match is very unique. Yeah, and it's something that, like, you really do have, like, the, this is the, uh, I, I don't know the exact name of it, but this is the place where Dragon Gate does their bigger Okinawa show each year, and it's really, feels very awkward for Dragon Gate, but with a native Ryukyu Dragon Pro Wrestling show, especially, like, this being, like, their anniversary, it felt very appropriate. I mean, like, it, and it's also one of those things that I noticed that, oh, and this is not a shot and I don't intend it to be. It's just like a funny quirk about how wrestling can be sometimes. Case, did you notice the, the what was on the projector during the match? Was it the Let Corporation logo? No, it was the, the, the way that they did entrances was that they had their banner, but then they played everyone's theme music on it and they let in the watermark of Windows Media players throughout <laughs> the entrances. Well, okay. well, like, yeah. again, that is not a shot whatsoever. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, you, you want to use the projector because it's plugged into the sound system that's going to be a lot better than whatever sound system we can find, you know? Like, it, it is something that I wish, like, US Indies would do more, frankly. Yeah, look, it, it's the best we've seen of the Riku Dragon Pro Drangate relationship. It, the, it's a it's a relationship that I think you and I defend more than most. We genuinely like Gurken Mask. We genuinely like a lot of the guys that come into this promotion from Okinawa. This was the peak. Th- this is again, if you're into Yamato or if you're just into good wrestling, this is a match to go out of your way to watch. It, is it unfair to say and this is certainly taking a shot shot at a type of wrestling fan? But if this match happens in Tijuana and it's two unknown luchadors instead of Yamato and Gurken mask, this probably gets way more buzz, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So because if anything has Dragon Gate around it, then people already have preconceived notions of it. Yeah, this is, this is an old school style of match credit to Yamato for being as good as he was here. This was a lot of fun. I was four and a half on it. Like, and I was, it, it was a match that with, this was like, I don't know who it was and just like my mindset of how exhausting my last week has been. Okay. It's like, I, I can hear it still in my voice. Like it, it, it is what it is. But after like every single, like all the reaction to it, I was prepared to be, be like, Oh, okay guys. It's really three and three quarters. Like it, it it's okay. I get it. it. It's a good match in a different place, but it's not that. No, it actually is that amazing. Yeah, I, I had it initially at four and a quarter, but after talking to you, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up on the spreadsheet because I really enjoyed this. I'm gonna go four and a half stars on this as well. It, it's just the the little bit of a gentleman nudge, of, of course. One... It, it, but after discussing it with you here, it's like, well, God, it's it's foolish. I mean, how, you know this this was a match that at the very least, it, in a world full of copious amounts of good wrestling, this is a match that left an impression on me. You know, we always talk about 
the Dragon Gate matches that are four stars that anywhere else would be four and a half. There's the Dynamite matches that are just good, and then we forget about them because it's another great match on Dynamite. This is one that, when I look at the lengthy spreadsheet at the, at the end of the year, and it's not just, you know, another great G1 match either. This is a match that was different in a different setting with different guys, and it, it really delivered. Yeah, and it's something that I was a little disappointed that uh, enterprising people didn't find a way to already get it uh, spread around yet. No, and as I as I look at alternate sources of where to find this match, uh, I'm I'm suddenly worried by a a library that I was using that is now vanished. So I do not know where to find this match anymore. But uh, Mike, why don't you drop a link in the the description and our VPN users can figure out how to watch it. Yeah, I'll just put the YouTube link in there. I mean, if you are aware of how to use a VPN, you can get to this match. It's It, it took me five seconds. Uh, other things we have going on, I'm just going to do a couple quick notes. Case, uh, uh, we have a match announced for the Corkin of May on the 11th. It is Don Fuji's 26th anniversary celebration in case. I can't think of a better way to celebrate it with as Don Fuji will be teaming with Masaki Mochizuki, Mochi Fuji in this economy. Versus Yamato and BB Hulk. A, a delightfully weird match, but one I'm certainly not going to complain about. You know, it's Fuji versus Yamato, a longstanding rival. It's legendary tag team versus a borderline legendary tag team and, and BB Hulk and Yamato. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, and it's something that like, hey, I, I each year that Don Fuji continues and gets anniversary, I'm going like, man, his 30th anniversary is going to be a blowout. Like, I, I'm just going, come on, man, four more years. You can make it there. I, I, I'll i put it this way. I don't know where I'm going to be in my life in 2027 case, but Don Fuji's 30th anniversary celebration match, I'm going to try to find a way to give him some a bouquet of flowers. I, I, I want to be one of the people in the photo op. I think if he makes another four years, if we get to, what's it, 30th will be 2027? Right, yeah. I think he might as well, I think Sue is going to wrestle. Yes, and I will be handing them flowers in the ring. Right, yeah, of course. That, that by the way, is at the Susumi Yokosuka Homecoming Show, April 29th. It's on the Dragon Gate YouTube channel. Sua's just in the front row watching the show. It's incredible. I didn't know that he was in the front row. I, all I, all because of my week, all I saw were like him like posing with uh, Dragon Kid and talking about the hidden origin of the John Woo. Yeah, no, he it's he's just the tallest guy in the crowd wearing like a floral button down. And you can see it in the in the first match on the video with Zebrats versus D Courage and they go to the floor and there's Sua. And it, it you know, look, if you started watching Drangate a year ago, you know, who gives a shit? It's Sua. But this is the guy that other than Shima and the OWE guys, this is the guy that they never got back. And that, you know, our understanding was one Sua's in very poor health and that two he hates everybody there with the exception of Don Fuji it's why I brought it up to Jay last week was it is this really it's a feel-good story just to have him on Twitter interacting with people just in the public spotlight to whatever degree it's something that I never thought I would see as a longtime Dragon Gate fan and the the people that have been following the promotion for much longer than I have are are more shocked than I am yeah, like this is like something that with the list now of the ever-changing list of uh, 
do not come back on it. Like Sua was the first name on it and was pretty much etched in stone. Like it, it, the, like there, there were very few people other than Ultimo to be fair, was on that list and even more etched in stone and gilded up until 2019. And as I said of Jay, it's just one of those things that like time and everything is just like, I am glad that the very least, like not even that this was a loose end, but like whatever place that like, wherever these people are, we don't, really know them but it, it, it's nice to like for what we do know to be able to take a step back and be like hey i'm glad that that was a wound that was able to heal you know i'm glad that it seems like that for these people whatever it is like they were able to come to a place and at least like have like a day where it's like hey haven't seen you in a long time and just like the way that people change over life and it's just like i feel like that that was so so cool yeah, no, it was a good time. So I, I would recommend that show. All of the matches on the the twenty ninth YouTube channel upload are pretty good. So uh, there there's a lot to like. You know, uh, three shows this week. Kyoto on the third. That is a free show, no network subscription required. Kyoto on the fourth, and then Dead or Alive on the fifth. Yeah, uh, let me run through the third and fourth shows as yeah, you please. said. It, it is free, and they they are putting their foot forward on the show. This is not a, the, the, this is not like those. Uh, Kyoto KBS Hall shows where we're like, what are we doing here? Uh, we have KZ versus BB Hulk as the opener. And then Yamato and Don Fuji, star-crossed lovers. That, that, we guess they'll be lovers tonight as they're teaming up against Diamante and Hyo. Six-man tag, the original M2K, Masaki, and Susumu Mochizuki and Yuzushi Kanda versus Ultimo Dragon, Ginki Horiguchi, and Kaito Nagano. We have D-Courage, Yuki Yoshioka, and Dragon Daya versus Dragon Kid and Jason Lee in your Brave Gate preview match. And then we have a bit of a Triangle Gate preview as a semi-main event on the third. Big Boss Shimizu, Strong Machine J, and Jackie Funky Kame versus Kota Minora, Benkei, and Minorita in the main event. SSW Quest, third game. Of course, now they have to team each other. And they're teaming with each other against the number one contenders for the Open the Twin Gate Championships. It is Shun Skywalker, Madoka Kakuda versus Kai and Ishin. Oh, I like this card a lot, Case. Like, this is the kind of, like, road to, like, we're two days out. We have, like, our last kind of last looks, in a way. This feels like a solid last looks card, and I think it's a great move to put on for free because with everything that's happening in Golden Week, why not? This show is so good that it makes the next show completely irrelevant. It's a shame there's two Kyoto shows and not one because this covers all the bases they need to cover. Case... Hold your horses. There's one match on this May 4th show that I think is... They needed to have this second night just to have this one match, but we'll get to it in a second. Uh, the opener, Yamato and Susumu Mochizuki versus Don Fuji and Ginki Horiguchi. Singles match, Yuki Oshioka versus Minorita. And then the professor joins. Shut up or roll up. Ultimo Dragon teams with Takashi Yoshida and Hoho Loon versus Kai Hyo and Ishin. Uh, Madoka Kakuda and Dragon Daya versus Shun Skywalker and Diamante. Oh, that's a little fun. Shun Monte we have on that. And then the main event, KZ, Big Boss Shimizu, Jason Lee versus Kota Menor, Binkei, and BB Hulk. Uh, look, Kakuta and Daya versus Skywalker and Diamante is a fantastic match. It could have happened on any other show. But, I mean, you have to have some support for principal uh, shut up or roll up, man. 
Yeah, I, that's uh, th- that's something you can get excited about, not me. I, again, Takashi Yoshida has done nothing wrong, but I just his presence went from so charming to so grating so quickly, and I don't know why that is. And well, because it was fated to be case. This is Cyber Kong. You knew that this would not last forever. It's amazing how that worked. He put on a mask to do his entrance, and I immediately went, "Nope, not for me. Not not interested." Hey, we got a good two years of charming YouTuber Takashi Yoshida. Something that neither of us saw coming, let's be honest here. No, not at all. So, I mean, there was going to be a reversion, and I just think it's going to be so funny that Ultimo has to team with those two. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, for, for those of us who have with discriminating tastes, we know what we want, and we want to have Ultimo Dragon team with Takashi Yoshida and Ho Ho Loon less than 24 hours then before Dead or Alive, the first major show of the year. Ultimo is wearing his AirPods and his mask, like Ho Ho and Yoshida are trying to talk to him, and he's just kind of giving them the Wait, what, what's up? What's up? What? Oh, oh yeah, 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 and just doesn't hear a word they say. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuba. And Oki. Yeah, he, yep. It's yeah. just, and, and he's just not hearing a word they say. Yeah, yeah. Like Ho Ho is trying to propose like the most convoluted roll up segment here, and Ultimo's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. No, the finish is going to be the Lug Maestral and Hyo in eight minutes, and that's what's uh, going. I got, going I got news to for you. You're gonna tag me in, spinning back kick, back body drop. Uh, I'm gonna whip a guy off the ropes and do a, a twisting back elbow, and then I am going to the finish. We are not getting the head scissors bulldog on this night. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> on dead or alive, yes, on Kyoto, no. No, 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 no. Don't even think you're going to get an Asai Moon Saltese. I, you know, I missed them doing that. That was the the one. It was so cool cheap. Of, it was when, so when, cheap. When Ultimo first came into the promotion, and I was so terrified about what he was doing there, and you know, I pointed out that. He, you know, was not exactly on the right end of some cork and attendance numbers in the big matches that he was in. I just loved that in every one of his first, let's say, 20 Dragon Gate matches, always an Asai Moonsault tease, and I bought into every single one of them. I always thought that was going to be the match that he did it in. It's something that, like, I mean, we're coming up on some big anniversaries this week, Case. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna look forward to when we get three more years, so we get the distance, so we can talk about the Ultimo Dragon reunion matches and and with like a new light and be like, yeah, Aganiso, they had a four star match with, against Ultimo in his return. Like that was wild. Yeah, and then they had a dud at what was that Gate of Destiny? It was Red versus like ultimo shisa kness and somebody else and it's to this day one of the worst dragon gate matches i've ever seen oh god yeah that one that, do, that do was have, rough do you have closing do you have closing thoughts real quick i know i asked you this i think two weeks ago but we're five years removed from the owe split this week do you have just any any more thoughts on that before we go man uh it's it, it, it's one of those things that i just I, I I don't think that it would have been like dr- drastically like I feel like there's a part of me that OWE was go- always going to be like come up to that thing where th- there was just no more runway and they weren't getting the right bureaucrat to check off on them like there was always that but I don't know like like I rewatched the Shanghai show last year mm-hmm. to to just be like what was this kind of thing and 
Which in that Shanghai show was when the Dragon Gate guys came right. over into the show in China, right? Yeah, yeah. It okay. was the show from February 2018. And it was something that like just the way the way that that show kind of comes off, and especially now with the five years of hindsight and just the the easy thing is just to do the look who's there, look who's not thing, which you know sometimes we do it, and the and it's always kind of like fun to say like, oh yeah, I remember that Desmond that Desmond Xavier was in Dragon Gate on this tour and like an X, Y, and Z, but it, it it's something that we talked about how Dead or Alive feels like the end of this chapter that kind of started with uh, the end of Torimon Generation at Final Gate twenty twenty. It, it, if that's one chapter, that feels like that this was three books before in a lot of ways. And I just like wonder, like, like there's always like the idea that certain, I don't want to say sports, but I, I, I kind of like, for some reason, I think about the million dollar arm case the, 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 where the Pittsburgh Pirates signed uh, two uh, Indian uh, athletes who they were going to teach to pitch. And the idea that you always have, like, just dem- demographically and just, like, the idea that, like, India is about to pass, China is the world's biggest country, but you have billions of people here, and, of course, these things can kind of happen. It's like, of course we want to get in there. Like, I mean, UFC tried to get into uh, China for, like, the last decade, and everyone thinks, like, if we're the one to break through. Like, if we're the one that breaks through. And at least, like, five years now after the split, I still really feel like that OWE was the chance to make it work. You know who's made it work more than anybody? Gabe Sapolsky. He ran China and nobody else has successfully. I mean, but but then the, his local promoter died, like, two months later. That's the, That's the thing. Like... Gabe not going back to China was out of Gabe's hands. He he is the guy that ran a successful China tour. I, I I mean we say successful and that like it had full houses and like they were able to like run it and like have the potential of a second tour. Like like let's be clear like like people who were on that tour don't necessarily felt like it was building to anything. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but but it is something that like Gabe Sapolsky was like the one international to really run like a tour like because owe like they did shows like they had like weekly shows that they would tape for i guess that was like the first run of their tv shows but it wasn't like that they were going that much out of shanghai like gabe went like across china yeah yeah i think that's a that's a good way of uh putting a bow on it five years this week the owe split yep and that will do it for this first episode of this week for Open the Voice Gate. Of course, as we've said, we'll be back with you all sometime on Friday. If you live in the States, expect it probably, I would guess, around drive time if you're an international. Uh, uh, whatever 5 p.m. is about Eastern Standard Time, I guess. But we will be back with a live same-day review of Dragon Gate's first big show of the year. Dead or Alive 2023, Nagoya, IEG. Anything else you want to touch on on this preview before we get out of here? Nope, that's it. Yep, well, that is going to do it. Uh, best way to support the show, of course, is to go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. 
rate, review, follow, heart. It's the best way that other people get to discover the show, and especially as we are approaching Dragon Gate's uh, busiest time of the year. I mean, Kobe World two months away. We would love to see more people aboard the ship as we get there. But you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is at Open Voice Gate. Case is at underscore in your case. I'm at Fujiheya. Thanks for listening to Open Voice Gate. We'll be back with you Friday talking about dead or alive. Take care, everyone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself... How many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.